Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Whoa, thank you. Very nice. They love you. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, we have we have uh, <laughs> something really exciting coming up. She was on; they were on. It's uh, Chris and Abby. Mm-hmm. The group is called Abby the Spoon Lady. Chris Rodriguez as joins her, a very talented songwriter singer. We had them on last week. Mm-hmm. They're from Asheville, North Carolina. We have asked them please to come back. They have. They're doing some things here at Folk School Coffee Parlor, and let's give some props to Folk School Coffee Parlor. I'm always talking about them. We love this place. We consider them another uh, member of our cast because this place is such a great vibe. And uh, so Abby the Spoon Lady is, uh, in fact, tomorrow. Now, none of this really helps anybody listening because these things are archived. But she's doing a workshop here, mm-hmm. teaching people how to play the spoons. So cool. She plays the saw, too. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, she said she was going to play the All saw. All right, so this week too. she's <laughs> going to play the saw. And she told us, and we'll get into this more with her later, that she plays the spoons because she started hopping freight trains. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, mo- you know, they're real mobile. You sure. stick them in your back pocket or something or, you know, purse or whatever, and you- off you go. So it's very cool. And uh, we're going to uh, ask Jerry to expound on something, as we always do, and we'll do that in a second as well. And it, you can rest assured it'll have to do with a man by the name of Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to, uh, Jerry mentioned something. You know, and, uh, we referenced this last week, but we did this wonderful weekend. We do this each year, and all kidding aside, it's fantastic. Uh, three couples, you and I, our spouses, Lewis and his lovely wife, Patty, who own this great place in Michigan. And we go up there, and it's a wonderful kind of You want to give the address? No, no. You you can Google map it. It's fine. Google Maps. Uh, I did wonder this. uh, On your ATM card, what's your PIN number? Just out of curiosity. No, no. I just will just take a second. Yeah. 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 He doesn't know. I don't, someone well, else doesn't know. His people. He he someone else people. puts it in for me. I What's don't know. What's an ATM card? <laughs> Story of my life. Yeah, hello. I caught a ride up. Uh, my wife and I caught a ride up to the Chicago area to meet up with you guys yeah. in a uh, plane uh, owned by our friend, a little plane called a Cirrus. And it's like a little high-performance, single-engine, four-passenger plane. It's like a sports car. It's amazing. Yeah. Got a cockpit's all glassed in, so you sit in there, you can see everything. And his... uh, Doesn't have a bathroom. Lewis's uh, pilot, (laughs) Pedro, I won't give his last name, I want to protect him on this. But Megan, I'm talking, we're all on headsets, because it's kind of loud, so we're talking. And he says, so what's going on in the podcast? Pedro has his own podcast, very cool podcast. And what's going on? I said, well, you know, this and that, and... I said, got this running joke going with Jerry Springer of you need to do something remarkable. He's like, I thought I had already done that, but you know, no, no. Remarkable means, and I referenced a guy riding from Canada to the tip of Argentina on a bicycle. We talked to him on the show when he was in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. The kayaker. The guy guy that ran the Appalachian Trail came in in the top 10 for speed of Mm -hmm. running 2,100 miles. Did that last summer. 
the granddaddy of them all is a young teacher from Cincinnati, Seven Hill Schools, Bryce Carlson, who rode across the North Atlantic and mm -hmm. set the world record so cool. for the speed of crossing. It did it in 38 days. The last who record rode? was 53. Rode yeah, like a rowboat. Alone, yes. no chase boats. Across the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, that was... That's it was impressive. amazing. It was all over the news. That was really yeah. cool. And yeah. he's going to come cool. on our show. We're just getting the schedule worked out That's and awesome. chat yeah. with us. So... He just doesn't know how to get across the Ohio River. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one thing standing in his way. It's stinking Ohio. Yeah. So, so Pedro says to me, well, that's amazing stuff. That's great stuff. So what... What does Springer do? What could, what could Springer do that would be remarkable? Oh. Yeah, well, we're talking about some limited skill sets here. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. I'm yes. here in the room. <laughs> There's not a lot to work with, so. So I told him, and I've been beating this. This oh, horse is not dead. That. That's a Megan, this horse is idea. dead. But it got life flying to Chicago with Pedro. He's on a headset, and I said, Pedro, I had this idea. It's stupid. Right. Unlimited mileage. We go to oh, Hearst Rental cheap. Car. We get a car. <laughs> You got the car for a week. You say, how much per mile? I say, no, it's, it's unlimited. And then you say, I'll show you unlimited mileage, you, you bastards. You want to so, see what unlimited mileage is. So your idea is that... Set the world record. We rent a car for Three a week. Three drivers. And it has unlimited mileage, so therefore we see how many miles we can put on in a week to set the record. And Pedro freaks out. He says, Gene, that's so visionary. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> Megan... He Megan, listen to me, Megan. He said it, Megan, I swear. <laughs> hey, listen to this, Megan. He flies helicopters, jet airplanes, cool. Learjets, yeah. performance single. He, this guy is like a freaking pilot. Get him on the podcast. He <laughs> loved the idea, and he begged me, can I be the third driver with you and Jerry? The answer was yes. I signed the deal on the plane. We're oh, signing. I'm passing papers back and forth. He signs a deal with us. Here's why I grabbed him in a minute. And I know every, this is the time he's going to say yes. You watched, Megan. Tonight he's going to say, I'll do it. Here's what Pedro brings to the party. He says, okay. Unless he's like, it's a lot of cash, I'm not interested. <laughs> Bags of money. He's riffing immediately. He says, okay, we got to do pee bottles. Oh, no. Oh, we got to. Oh, Jesus. Because Jesus. Pedro says it's all about the miles. You have to rack up so many miles that there's no challengers forever. They said, well, I can't beat that. We, so Why he said, Why can't you go to the to? bathroom in, at, at a gas station? No, no, because he says it's all about the miles. Miles, miles, miles. Never well, you stop, stop and get gas. Okay, but, you, but the way you be oh, in there for you mean 10 every minutes. hour? <laughs> no, be there no, for 10 minutes? Old man jokes again. Old man jokes. So, uh, anyway. So we're going to use pee bottles. Because Pedro's, going, Jerry, he's pulling them out. Jerry, yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. He's pulling out pee bottles from the place. Oh, yes, yeah, so here's what we use. Oh, for so the love of God. Hey, number two. Ew. No, no, no. Strike that. Secondly, Jerry. Do you remember VJ? Yes. Who's VJ? My pilot. Jerry, VJ is Jerry's pilot. And VJ, Pedro says, will be in the scout plane, Lewis's Cirrus plane. We're going to take it for a week. And V, Lewis is. No, we're not, he says. Lewis is in you the audience and that. he's saying, no, we're not doing Lewis that. Lewis is saying, no, we're not. Lewis, the idea is that VJ is overhead and he's saying, no, go around Indianapolis. There's traffic. Look at all, he can see the traffic. So, but, so he's on CB radios with us. Mickey's guiding us. Yeah, Scout but there's plane. an app on your phone for that. You don't need a pilot for that. And what? Yeah, you didn't know that. <laughs> you so, just saved Lewis a lot of money. Hey, Megan, we really missed you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> 
We didn't know that. My question is this. We didn't know that. Why do you want to do this? It's not remarkable. It's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we need Megan Hills here. Hey, do you know what? I'm the executive producer, and I'm also the accountant. I do everything. I'm very skilled. I'm I'm a very impressive person. So... (laughs) I'll tell you all about it anytime you want to so hear. So I'm paying bills one day, and Megan properly calls me up and said, dude, where's the check? And I'm like, oh, well, this and that and this and that. And she says, and I, I said, it'll be there tomorrow. And it was. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we uh, shuttled it there. Why don't you just call me directly? Because all he does is call me. <laughs> he yeah, anybody. <laughs> we could be saving money on <laughs> phone calls. <laughs> on folk. And not how it works. Still, is that not how it works? You don't put a, a dime in for no. a call? Old no. man jokes. Old man jokes. <laughs> Old man jokes. Hey, Megan, you know what you uh, said to me? What's you that? said, hey, Gene, tomorrow the money better be totally in there because there's sometimes a delay because yeah. I photograph it and it instantly deposits. It instantly, yeah. I hung up with you and you didn't I thought, me. what? No, I thought, what the hell is that app? So I called my bank, and they said, we've been doing this forever. Uh-huh. So now all, I don't go to the bank anymore, which pisses off my friend who owns banks because he <laughs> says, we're losing contact with the people. You know, we need to come You really in. didn't know there was something you could do you on your phone? nothing about that. What Thank can you, you do on a phone? You can deposit checks. You can take a photo of a check and deposit to... Whoa. Never mind. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> just happened there. <laughs> You take a photo, uh, like, you flip uh, it over, you yeah, sign it, you yeah. take another photo, and it deposits it to your bank yeah. account. Love it. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. You're welcome, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> this is so <All> sad. Right. <laughs> so uh, if someone else takes a picture of my check, they can put it in their account. You have it li- linked to your bank account. Like, it's linked. It's not, you know, you're not just taking random pictures. Jerry, oh, my God. Banking, you, log, you, like, log in on your banking phone. Banking on the phone. Banking on the phone. Hey, Sorry. Jerry. <laughs> We're talking driving over here about these two polls that just came out, uh, separated by about a week, but in the middle of the two polls, some really bad stuff happened in Trump world. Right. Two people, one guy pled guilty, somebody else uh, lost a trial and got eight-count conviction. It would have had 18 counts, except there was a holdout of only one juror. So you almost have to look at it as an 18-count conviction. Yep. So two guys, and yet... Tell us about the polls that were done. Uh, so I guess you're going to tell us that he dropped 10 points in the second poll. No, sadly, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, it was Trump's worst week. It's probably the worst week a president ever had, but it was certainly for him the worst week he's ever had. And uh, it was the week where, as you said, his former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, he was convicted on um, eight of 18 counts, and it would have been 18 of 18, but for one holdout. But anyway, he could spend the rest of his life in jail just on the eight counts that he was convicted on. He faces another trial coming and up. And another trial coming up in, in D.C. It also, his lawyer, and they called his fixer, uh, Michael Cohn, he pled guilty, um, which he could spend the rest of his life in jail. And But in his guilty plea, he... Um, he implicated President Trump directly in saying that Trump was the one that ordered him to make these payments two weeks uh, before the election to the porn star, because if word got out about it, um, if she talked, then he would lose the election, which coming out after the, uh, um, that tape, Access Hollywood, Access Hollywood tape, that, that would have ended his, his election prospects. 
It is also the same week that the, uh, the publisher, the owner of the National Enquirer, David Pecker, he got immunity uh, because all the deals and anything that Trump had done, a payment, you know, what the National Enquirer would do would be to buy up the story, pay whoever the person was, buy up the story, and then kill it. It's called catch and kill. And they would take that story so it wouldn't get out because it would hurt Trump, and he put it in his safe. So now he has been granted immunity, and he has turned over everything in his safe all these years about whatever he was covering up for Trump. Um, the chief financial officer of Trump Properties, the whole empire, and he has been the chief financial officer of Trump Enterprises since Trump's father ran the business. So he knows, and you know, the cliche now, all the bodies are buried, but anything that involves finances that Trump ever did, he knows. And he's been granted uh, immunity, and of course he's now talking. Uh, and it's also the week that Omarosa said, hey, I got 200 tapes um, of Trump. And so in other words, it's the worst week ever. And all this made headlines. So you would think that with all this news about corruption, the next poll that came out would reflect that. But Trump still got 44% approval rating. So you ask yourself, what's going on? Why is that? My first theory is, is that we are no longer capable of being shocked by corruption. And it's not just because of Trump. We have lived through at least two generations, certainly since Watergate. We have lived through generations where the America, oh, these generations have grown up believing that all politicians are crooked, that it's all corrupt, Democrat, Republican, they're all horrible, and every TV commercial you see during a campaign is how the other guy's a bum. So people just believe, not, they're not bad people, they're just, they don't maybe pay a lot of attention to politics, but if all they see on television is how the other guy is, is horrible, and the other guy is always in grainy film, you know how they make it in black and white grainy film, and then the candidate they're supporting comes out in beautiful color, you know, a guy who obviously puts a lot of cream on his, faces, on his face. Um, so, so we've grown up to believe that, yeah, politics is corrupt. It's all dirty. So therefore, it doesn't matter what headline comes out. So we're immune to that. So no, it's not. If you're a Trump supporter, that is not going to suddenly be a reason why you won't support him. And you see in these interviews, they talk to some lady who says, well, I voted for Trump. Yeah, I wish he wouldn't do that. That's wrong. But man, he's doing things I want. So corruption is not an issue. Now, the conventional wisdom seems to be that Trump holds on to 44% because the economy is doing well. That's what you hear most of the pundits saying. The economy is doing well. Now, if a closer look, the economy is doing well, frankly, for people like me. But for middle America, in terms of middle income America, no, the uh, real wages are stuck where they were. There's no growth in that. Inflation is increasing, the cost of goods are increasing, but the wages aren't. So we get nice tax breaks, people at the financial top 
and everyone else, too bad. And plus, people are losing their health insurance in two months. That's going to go way up, the premiums on that. So we're going to see that, and people get angry about that. So the economy is not doing that great. But anyway, let's give it right now. Let's say the economy is doing great. I disagree with the pundits because I believe that if the economy is doing well, it has no effect. If the economy goes bad, that has every effect. So no president can survive a bad economy. And the latest example I'll give you is George Bush I, number 41. In 1992, he's running against Clinton. If you remember, that President Bush had just won the Gulf War. And remarkably, he did a great job in you know, pushing back Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait. And he got a whole coalition, all the countries, so many countries joined in, and virtually no more than a handful of Americans were killed in that. So he was given incredible credit. And frankly, it was a good, a good job that he did. And his poll numbers, he was at 90% approval. So no one was gonna beat George Bush. And therefore, it was hard to find anyone to run in the Democratic primaries against him. And then when Bill Clinton became the candidate with all of his baggage, the thought was, oh, there's no way George Bush is going to lose after winning the Gulf War, he's going to lose to Bill Clinton. But the economy started to tank. And when the economy goes bad, that's what rules elections. And so... Bill Clinton won. So I don't believe that you win because the economy is doing well. You can lose if it's going bad, but you don't win if it goes well. Then what do people, if the economy is going good, what happens? How do you ever, how do any of these candidates ever lose? And the answer is, I believe, we all go back to our tribes. In other words, 80%, 90% of Americans who vote, 80 or 90% of the time will vote for the party they always vote for. Every once in a while, you vote for the other guy. But if we're honest with ourselves, anyone you talk to, every time they vote, most of the time they vote for one party or the other. Very few people, every election, go one way or the other. Most of us are, and we, we are tribal. We, and I admit that. I'm liberal, and most every election, I am going to wind up voting for the more liberal, the Democratic candidate, etc. There have been exceptions, but generally that's what it is, and everyone I talk to, it's the same thing. They'll give a speech, well, I always vote for the best person, but then when you ask who they voted for, coincidentally, it's always the same party. We go back to our tribes. And the reason Trump has 44% is because that's not too far off in terms of people in America that tend to vote Republican. It is why in the last eight elections, presidential elections, only twice did the Republican candidate for president get more votes than the Democratic candidate. Only twice. Because they're simply... America, don't believe all that the pundits say. The fact of the matter is, 
that most Americans are a little left of center. Because when you go back to your tribe, we're going back to our culture wars. This week is the 50th anniversary of the riots at the Democratic Convention in Chicago, 50 years ago. And I am here to tell you, and that was a fight over the culture wars, and I'm here to tell you that 50 years later, we're fighting over the very same issues. Think about it. 50 years ago, the issue was what the police were doing to the protesters, what the police were doing in inner city communities. Sound familiar? 50 years ago, it was before Roe versus Wade. There were big fights over abortion. 50 years ago, the, cult, the country was divided in culture having to do with gays and, and lesbians. There were, we were fighting over corporate power, demonstrations in front, in front of the big corporations. 50 years ago, we were fighting over the environment. We were fighting over academic freedom. Remember when they took over the administrative offices of these great universities about what professors were teaching and where the school's liberal enough and anti-war demonstrations. 50 years ago, we were fighting over the flag, the burning of the flag. We were fighting over guns. The very same issues that the culture war that is going on in America right now, we're still fighting. That is what divides America. And that is how Americans vote. And they will consistent, we will consistently vote that way based on those issues unless the economy is doing horrible and that our own income is affected by that and that kind of overshadows all other issues. But if the economy is not tanking, the general vote of the American public, even when Republicans get Congress, but remember, that's gerrymandering, even when the Republicans overwhelmingly win Congress, the amount of Americans that vote for the Democratic candidate versus the amount of Americans who vote for the Republican candidate, it's always more for the Democrats. So don't be fooled as, oh, America's suddenly become conservative. America's suddenly become a Republican. No, surely there are many that are, but they're not a majority. The name of this company that produces this, you know, podcast, which we call half tongue-in-cheek, but really because we mean it, is liberals always win. In the end, we win. We lose individual battles, and the right wing never goes away. Why? And I, I understand it, and I'm not being critical now on this. We hear so many people say, why can't there be a compromise? Why all this partisanship? Well, if the reason we vote are the issues that I told you, the cultural war issues, if you're the right wing, in fairness, you can't compromise. If you're the right wing and you believe, for example, that abortion is murder, how do you compromise? What is the compromise? Okay, you can, you know, abort only 10%. Only 10% of the, you know, certain babies can be aborted, not others. How do you compromise on whether or not gays should be able to get married? Were you going to put a quota? Only 12 gays per township are allowed to get married? In other words, these cultural issues for the right wing that has a very strict, often religious 
it's they can't compromise because then they've given up. It's much easier to compromise when you're liberal because you you move in a direction where you're more open. You you, you know maybe gradually you bring in other groups. But there's a reason in in history, the right wing is always this. These are the rules. Heil, whatever. And that's why this continues. And that's why Trump will hold on to 44%. The good news is, I say liberals always win, but only when we show up. Only when we show up. So you want to win the long battle. The right isn't going away. They're going to continue to fight. But they're, because of demographics, they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller as a percentage of America. But we have to show up. We have to show up. All right, we'd like to welcome back this evening Abby the Spoon Lady. Hi, Abby. And Chris Yay! Rodriguez. And last week, I did not remember to uh, put your website on our show, so it is SpoonLadyMusic.com if you want to check them out. Um, and there's a ton of stuff online. You can check out all sorts of YouTube videos of Abby. Um, and ChrisRodMusic.com as well as Chris Rodriguez. So welcome back, you guys. And those are not spoons, Abby. No, this is a <laughs> saw, like yeah. what you use to cut wood with. Uh -huh. You don't want to put that in your mouth. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right, so what do you have for us this time, uh, mean old Mrs. Jones? Yeah, and we're going to do a saw intro with that saw. A saw intro. Hey, and even before you play, can I ask you a quick question? Because in last week's podcast where we had Abby and Chris here, uh, Abby talked about hopping freight trains. And uh, when Jerry and I, Megan, Megan maybe as well, if you think back to Woody Guthrie, even just from mm -hmm. history. Yep. During the Depression, men and maybe some women as well would hop trains, freight trains, in freight yards, and the owners of those train companies treated, treated brutally the people that they would catch doing that, would beat them up, etc. When you were hopping trains and your experiences of hopping trains, did you face any of those dangers? Um, well, first of all, don't hop trains because it's illegal. Okay. Right. Okay. Disclaimer. That's on the record. Disclaimer there. Um, the uh, Jerry Springer podcast paid for this ad. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's dangerous. Um, but I would have to say that during the Great Depression um, and during that era, that I believe that those travelers faced a lot more hardships than the travelers of today. Or at least those those hardships are very different, mm -hmm. um, and perhaps a little bit more violent. Than, mm -hmm. than the hardships of today, I would uh -huh. say. Um, now, a lot of times, um, as freight riding is kind of dying out, more and more cars are being built that aren't rideable. Um, they x-ray trains now. Oh, wow. Um, things like that. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends on who's catching you, whether or not you get in trouble. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. Some some folks will turn their eye, and uh, other folks will only call the law if you look real young. Yeah. They want to get you home, um, and sometimes they just always care and will always call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So um, you said they X-ray the cars. Yeah. Is that because of people hopping on, or is it because they think maybe drugs are on, or I mean, I For, didn't realize because trains of are... people people hopping on. Oh, I see. Okay. Wow. Huh. That is wild. Gene, you ever hop a train? I have never hopped a train, nor would I ever. It's uh, illegal. <laughs> that's, that's right. Wow, that's right. <laughs> you know, and there there are parts of freight hopping that people don't um, consider. Uh, like we we talk a little bit when we do storytelling. Um, we talk a little bit about some of the things that people don't think about when sure. it comes to freight riding, um, like what it's like for a woman to pee off the side of a train, uh-huh. as an example. Um, which, you know, for a guy, you could just kind of walk up to the door and let it go. Yeah. (laughs) And it's fine as long as it's not hitting the wheels and coming back at you. But for a woman, you got to like squeeze your stuff out and lean out the the thing and which is fine because you're usually in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, but just think for a moment though, there's that one farmer in the middle of that, that intersection that's sitting there counting cars. Here comes the rock out of line. Right. Right. Kind of one, she two, could three, do unlimited four. mileage right there. <laughs> yes, she could. She could do it. Yep. All right. So, again, you guys can check her out at spoonladymusic.com. And why don't we uh, listen here to Mean Old Mrs. Jones. Now, you're playing yeah, just one yeah. quick thing because pe- most people listen to these uh, podcasts rather than watch them. Um, you're, you are literally playing a saw that you cut down a tree or wood or whatever. Right, this is a saw. Um, I've got a bunch of random saws in the, out my vehicle. But this one is sp- specifically made for music, but pretty much any flexible saw that works from the yeah. hardware store. Um, and then Chris has got like a suitcase that he's kicking with his foot. Yeah. And uh, so on yeah. and so forth. <laughs> um, we do a lot of homemade kind of music That's stuff awesome. from around the house. Suitcase. That's really cool. <laughs> You just don't get to see this though. And the, my spoons aren't made for music. They're just regular spoons. They're not magic or anything. They're not magic spoons. <clears throat> yeah, they're not magical. Jones is the woman I worked for. 
you didn't treat me very nice. She wants Pete on a flower my mom really enjoyed, just so it would make my mom sad.
Watching her do that is less, I wish more people could see this because watching Abby do that is just mesmerizing how she gets this. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Very, very cool. And one other thing I wanted to ask you, Abby, it says here you landed in Asheville on accident. Where are you from original, originally and how'd you land there on accident? Um, I'm from Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Um, and I grew up going to random boarding schools. But, okay. But yeah, I am. Um, my first train to Asheville, I, I went there in accident. I was actually trying to go to Chattanooga. Oops. <laughs> so you just got off and stayed there. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of blew past Chattanooga. Yeah, stay right <laughs> that is incredible. Again, check them out at SpoonLadyMusic.com. And if you guys wouldn't mind taking us out here on uh, Down by the Riverside with Mr. Jerry Springer. Got your saw ready, Jer? You can do it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. No. <clears throat> <laughs> mm. I can put my keys. I got the keys. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. You are no 